Welcome back, everybody. Sarcasm Speaks. Uh, Jared and Bob here. And uh, Bob is... is a little distracted. I'm, I'm trying to fire off an email, but it's funny because um, it's almost like when we worked for Bobby. Yeah. And everything was like so systemized. And actually, I forget how we like because he always had all that shit in drafts. Mm-hmm. Did we pull up the draft and copy and paste? Is that what we did? Yeah, we would just copy and paste from all the right, draft so folder. I don't do that because other people also get on my email and I don't want them fucking up my drafts. Right. Um, but either way, so like when I fire off like trial emails or assessment emails, like like the standard emails that we have, I just like rattle them off. But right mm-hmm. now I'm trying to do it from my phone. So I'm like, wait a minute, what do I <laughs> what do I say? What do I do? I'm like what do I usually say? I go normally, um, because I'm typing on a computer and I just type. Right. And then after I'm like, wait a minute, did I even send the right shit? <laughs> yeah, which generally you just I do. Go to autopilot. Yeah, which generally I do, but sometimes I don't. So yeah, I'm like trying to figure <laughs> out. I go, what's? I go, all right. So confirming the time, who she'll be with. It should take about forty-five. Five to sixty minutes. So as um, as you do that, what do I say? I don't even now. I don't know. I don't know the rant. It was like when we. So it's also similar to when we did the interviews, right? And you get we the had spiel. the rant. Yeah, it's yeah. like the spiel, and it was always the same. It was like this is who we are, right? Yeah, well, we used to do that before because we never did solo interviews, so we would always be like, "Do you want to do the spiel, or do you want me yeah. to do the spiel?" And it was who we are, what we do, and how we're structured. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was. For the conference and event services office. <laughs> we handle all of the events. Well, for, for me, it was we handle all of the events on campus except the ones that happen in this building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for, um, for mine, it was we handle all of the events. <laughs> we handle all of the events except if you need something delivered. We don't do that. Yeah. And if you need technology, there's somebody else for that. And if it's in the campus center, we don't do that. We if don't do you- athletics building either. Yeah, we didn't do we we did stuff outside of Tinsley, but we but never if the did athletic anything. but if the athletics building has an event, we won't set it up and we won't deliver the stuff. But athletics has to reach out to us to put in the order to deliver the stuff. Yeah, we used to have to do that for Tinsley, like deliver. We we would have to call we would Krim. Have Krim. Krim would deliver. They would deliver tables, chairs, whatever. Yeah. So we wouldn't deliver, and we also wouldn't set up. Right. So it's like. You want to talk about an extra level for no fucking reason? Like, yeah. Especially like a crim order is just an online form for anybody on the internet. Like, right. Fucking someone at Tinsley easily could have put in a fucking crim order. <laughs> so I always thought it took me, I don't know, probably until like maybe my second semester or like that second summer, right? Because I worked the summer leading into when I started grad school. So did I. So I don't know. It was, it, it wasn't right away that I figured out that CRIM actually stood for central receiving and inventory management. I thought being at Bridgewater, everything is crimson and black. I thought CRIM was like 
short for crimson something like i thought it had something to do with crimson because that was the color of our school like we were we crimson and white crimson and white yeah yeah even though most of our shit was black yeah exactly red and black is a way better color scheme than red and white one thousand percent yeah yeah all right i figured i figured out the spiel it 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 took me like i said it, it took me a minute to realize that crim wasn't like a Bridgewater thing. It was like a facilities management acronym. Well, the best thing, so even with that, so central receiving and inventory management. So it's like anything that gets delivered to the campus for non-individuals. So any department that orders anything, it goes to central receiving. So it's like right. they receive all of the deliveries and all that shit. And then they deliver where that stuff's supposed to go. But they also have tables and chairs. It's like, what the fuck? Like, why the fuck do they have tables and chairs? Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess it makes sense. They probably have space. They have the trucks, so it's easy. Or the vans, whatever they delivered in. Yeah. Um, They had, like, some small box trucks. Yeah, I don't remember. Like a small – it was like like a small U-Haul size, basically. Yeah, like whatever that, that $20 an hour one is. Yeah, yeah. 12 foot? 10 foot? Yeah, 12, 15. No, it's whatever. definitely not 15. 15 is way bigger than that. Maybe 12 feet. That Whatever it is that you don't need a special license to drive it. <laughs> well, I drove a 16 from budget. I yeah, so when... I wonder I wonder when the, the CDL kicks in. I don't know. Never had a CDL. Yeah, I don't either. Vinny? Yeah, where's Vinny when you need him? Maybe it's, is it anything maybe bigger than 16? Does it have to do with axles? Ooh, it could have to do with axles. If it has extra axle, if it has more than two axles, you might need a CDL. Mm. But like, I don't know. Because how big do U-Hauls get? Don't they have like a 24-footer? See, I thought there was a long one that you could yeah. you could rent. That seems like, I mean, I know there's insurance and shit like that on all these things, but like, I would feel not the most comfortable just handing a random person keys to a 24 foot truck. Like that's, I don't know if they do. Yeah. Oh, they did. They don't have one. You must have a CDL to operate any single vehicle with a gross vehicle weight rating above 26,000. Okay. And then I think it gets more complicated from there. Yeah. So it's a weight 16, thing. 16 or more passengers. Okay. Uh, any type of hazardous materials. Hmm. So there's no size constraint? Uh-uh. At least none that you can find off the that top. That I can find. Yeah. That's wild. So like a random person could theoretically drive a fucking 30 foot truck as long as it was less not than carrying thousand. Yeah. Not carrying chemicals and less than 26,000 pounds. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> doesn't seem wise. No, it doesn't. It feels like that's a little bit of an oversight. Like of all the stupid rules and regulations that we have as a state feels like the length of the truck for a CDL probably could have been one that they 
wouldn't have been dumb to include? <laughs> the largest moving truck available at U-Haul is 26 feet. 26 feet. That's fucking long. Yeah. It looks long, even in the picture. That's got to be... Although it's not as long. It, it So it's, it's, it's long. It is not as big of a vehicle as you may think. Yeah. Like I was thinking not... I'm not an 18-wheeler, but like, you know, something super long like that. Yeah. Like 26 is big, but it's not fucking crazy. It's not super high off the ground either. What's uh 212 inches? That's really fucking stupid. That's I don't know. Just under 18 feet. I was gonna say my truck is 18 feet long with the six foot bed. Yeah, so I mean right there it's 26 plus the cab, I assume. I don't know how long is a cab, six feet. Yeah, no, it's probably bigger than probably that. bigger. Eight feet. Yeah. Yeah, so 34. Two of your truck. Yeah. If my Tacoma was towing another Tacoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fucking big, though. No, it is. It's definitely big, but... Um, I don't know. I thought there were, like, some of these, like, massive... Like... Like almost like um, when a truck cut like a like uh when the I because I, I don't know what Vinny drives I think it's more of like a like a lower trailer type truck thing yeah but like the liquor stores like liquor distribution trucks right like right. I was I don't know how big those are but those are definitely CDL and yeah. they're definitely bigger than twenty six feet yeah well they probably also have more than twenty six thousand pounds on them if yeah. they're filled with liquor. Right. Well, that's the other thing too. Uh, but I was just thinking size of truck. Right. Right. Like I was like, oh, do they make U-Hauls or budget trucks like that big? Because I was like, that's fucking huge. Yeah. Some of those get pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, not the not the Bud Light one. No. <laughs> that thing's fucking. That thing's large. Well, the Bud Light truck is like a fucking eighteen wheeler, basically. Yeah. Or like some of those, uh, like a Poland Spring trailer. It's basically are, the same. Yeah, the same thing as the Bud Light truck. Yeah, those are large. Yeah, those don't are need, very large. Don't need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, ready to start the show? Yeah. Yeah. Now we can we can jump in here. Um. So, I sent this to 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 the the Twitter group here, but. It's um, it's really unfortunate because it's not going to happen. But now that we finally have a Congress after, I think it was like 16 or 17 attempts at voting for a, a Speaker of the House, um, which shout out to Jones, friend of the show. Uh, he had been kind of keeping me in the loop on. Um, Finn too. Shout out to Finn. I, I talked to him the other night. Um, but uh, yeah, it was an absolute Finn actually, fucking. Finn generally knows what's going on with that shit. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was an absolute disaster. Um, trying to get a speaker of the house, but we finally got one, and now that we have one, we can like start doing you know Congress things, whatever it is that they do, um, which is effectively nothing but collect a paycheck. 
and then get paid off by corporations. But I think my favorite semantic with uh, not being able to elect the Speaker of the House is they couldn't swear any of the new people in. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, you can't get the new people in. It's like, give it fucking time. They're going to fucking pick someone. Right, right. Eventually they will. So uh, the new Congress or the new House, I should say, not Congress. Uh, I think Congress includes Senate. But the new House of Representatives has proposed legislation to abolish the IRS and completely remove the federal income tax. And what they want to do is replace it with a consumer tax. So I know nothing about the details of that, but going off of like what it's called would make me assume, right, that it would be based on, it would be almost like a federal sales tax in a way I is kind of, if I had to like super simplify it, um, if you call it a consumer tax. So then at that point, it's like, you know, however much money you buy, you spend to like buy shit is how much more tax you would pay, which I'm pretty much fine with. Uh, because we, I mean, we've talked about this before, right? The funny thing about Massachusetts, which is, you know, one of the many stupid things about living in this state is that you pay excise tax for owning a car after you paid sales tax that you bought the car with after the money got taxed by the government because of federal income tax and state income tax. So it's like if you start at the top of the funnel, right? It's you you have x amount of money. That x amount of money gets put through the funnel. You pay income tax, both federal and state. Then you buy a car. You pay sales tax for purchasing a vehicle and then every year you have to pay a fee for owning a vehicle that you already paid sales tax on with money that was already taxed from your income. So you're essentially paying three levels of tax on a car in Massachusetts, which is absolutely fucking retarded. So if you can remove one of those layers, and I know probably at the end of the day, it's going to come out pretty fucking close to the same amount of money. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't do it, right? But... I mean, it's still like, it's a way to kind of avoid paying an income tax, right? You can just spend less money. So you get to keep more of your money and you decide theoretically how much you give up by how much money that you spend, right? So if there's no federal income tax, if if you, you know, say you average 22% of your income goes to the federal government, you theoretically get 22% of that yearly salary back into your pocket. And now you can decide how much of that you want to spend on things that would then be taxed by the federal government. So, I mean, in theory, it, it, it sounds a lot better to me at least, right? Because like I said, now you have the discretion of whether or not you give that money to the federal government. Like, you know, do I really need to buy a new air conditioner? Like, no, I'm I'm good with the one that I have. Like, you know what I mean? It's and if I do want to spend it, I gotta pay a federal sales tax on it. So now that money goes to the government. You know what I mean? It's 
you know, if I want to save my money, then I can save my money basically. Yeah. I think I just, I get excited at the idea of abolishing the IRS. That's, that, that's funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now it'll, it, now, <laughs> it'll never happen. This will There's never, ever happen. Zero, utterly no percent chance. It's, it's literally, um, what is it? It's political theater basically is what it is. It's all for show. It's so the Republicans can be like, see, we're trying to help the common man. You guys knew this was never going to pass. You're, no, it's never going to pass. It's never going to pass. <clears throat> and I and said then, this in the Twitter group that never, never not once has has federal government by choice gotten smaller. It's yeah, never no. gotten smaller by choice. It's always getting bigger. And then never mind, you are just going to end up paying because there'll be whatever that consumer tax is. You'll pay state sales tax and you'll also pay consumer tax on taxable goods. I assume things like groceries and clothes, like basic needs and stuff you don't pay sales tax on now at a state level, I assume that would also start to become taxed as well. So now all of your stuff would be taxable and anything that's currently subject to sales tax would also probably be subject to a federal tax. Would most of your things also be included in that? All, all of say, your... was was it all of my stuff and most uh, of my things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all of your stuff and most of your things would yeah. be um subject to effectively double tax. Yeah. But like I said, it at least gives you the option. Right? Yeah, but again, it's all going to work. It's all going to end up evening out. Because, and I did say that it's going to end up being still pretty fucking close. Because, like, so say I hold on to my car, run it into the ground, so they're not getting sales tax on my car. Well, they're getting my personal property tax, which is what excise tax is. Because when you hold assets, you pay taxes on it house, right. car, whatever. Right. <clears throat> um, You know, even if I like withhold making large purchases and paying sales tax, which would only go to my state, you know, now I'm probably gonna have to pay a federal tax on clothes, on food, the stuff I actually- Do you think they would do that for for clothes and food if the states don't? If they are not taking in a federal income tax, I would expect to see some type of tax spent on- um non-taxable items i guess the way you could go around that though is just make the tax bigger like a bigger percent and not tax food and clothes you know what i mean to fall in line with states yeah but i mean like why so i get but this goes back which again it it is it ends up being effectively the same thing you see that's what i mean and and that's that's why this will never ever ever happen because why would the federal government vote to get rid of the irs yeah that sounds and like slavery with more steps. Why <laughs> would they give up their tax revenue? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, again, I, I just love the idea of abolishing the IRS. I find that hysteric, hysterical. Right. right. But now all of the accountants in the world, their job just got significantly slashed. Right. So that right. won't happen. Right. Um. And they're going to get their money one way or the other. 
So True. I that that's why I think on not current non sales tax items, um, you would see a tax because they have to get it. Like they can't just not get it any. Like they right, like, because I don't know, the, I don't know the alternative they, would be if they don't get it anymore, then they have to reduce the size of the government. IRS. Yeah. Total revenue. Yeah. And that's again, and, th and then what would happen? Would businesses start doing this? 3.42 trillion in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I mean four, that money's got to come from somewhere. Four trillion. Twenty twenty one. For the IRS brought in four trillion dollars in tax. I would assume is that just income tax? Um, what else does the IRS collect? Income and business. Business tax. Well, the business tax is a is a is a business income tax. Right. Right. Or a business. I guess technically, yeah, I think technically net income is profit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how else they make money, the IRS. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. $4 trillion. And like, where the fuck does that money go? <laughs> Nowhere good. Yeah, nowhere good. That's for damn sure. It goes to the fucking middle management bureaucracy. So when someone wants something, they call someone else to order it <laughs> yeah. so that they can call the third party to deliver it and not set it up. <laughs> that's that's how fucking government works because we saw it firsthand working for a state organization. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so that and that's that's the bummer because so it's 3.42 trillion. So either the IRS is going to get, I'm sorry, the federal government's either going to get the 3.4 or 4.05 trillion, which was last year. They're either going to get the 4 trillion or they're not going to get the 4 trillion. And there is no situation where they don't get the 4 trillion. Correct. So the IRS will not be abolished even though I would find that hilarious. <laughs> then you have to look at like spending. So yeah. if it ever was to go, it's got to come back from somewhere and basic needs are going to be taxed higher because you're right, like certain like certain people just like they don't spend a lot of money. Right. So they're not doing their share. Right. So you have to hit them on the things that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's how it would go. And yeah. then you'd be you'd be paying it on utilities, you'd be paying it on clothes, food, gas, everything. So effectively at the end of the day, you'd probably end up with the same amount of money. So you may you know what? <laughs> just don't fucking charge me the extra shit and just fucking take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. It's so stupid. I mean, obviously, the alternative being like they shrink the size of the federal government would Stop. be like ideal. But Stop. like I said, it's not that's even less likely to happen. If if abolishing the IRS is a zero percent chance, shrinking the size of the government is like a 
negative percent chance. You're more likely to see Biden make out with Putin. Like that's <laughs> like that's probably more likely than either yeah. scenario we outlined. Yeah, he's got to find his way there first. <laughs> Putin will find him. Yeah, that's true. It's Putin's idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Putin's price hike. Remember that? Yeah. But that was right after well, inflation is transitory. I mean, we did we did a whole bit on that a few weeks back, a few weeks ago, but uh, how's the, yeah, been... how's the transitory um inflation in the stock market still sucking fucking absolute dicks right now? Yeah. Well, no, it's our fault now. Remember, that's the latest thing that they've that they've come out to say is it's our fault. How's it my people. fault? What have I done? Because we spent too much money. Remember that? That was like the progression that we went through of everything. Oh, yeah. It started out, inflation was transitory. Then it was COVID. Then it was supply chain. Everyone spent too much money. Then it was Putin's price hike. And now the problem is us. It's our fault. It's we spent too much money. That's why inflation's bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they can fuck off. Uh, you know what else actually is kind of bad though is have you heard any about any of the shit that's going on in Mexico? No. Um, so truthfully, I didn't really know too much until today. I went to go get a haircut and um I was talking to Dave and he was like he said that he was like, Oh dude, how about this shit in Mexico? He's like, that's all I've been talking about. Guys coming in uh, coming in the shop all day. All they want to do is talk about shit in Mexico. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean? What's going on in Mexico? So apparently um, El Chapo's son got arrested uh, like last week or a couple days ago or whatever. And the Sinaloa cartel has been absolutely fucking everything up trying to get the police to release him. So when I originally heard that from Dave today in the barbershop, I was like, oh, didn't something like that happen? Like, three or four years ago or whatever. And he was like, I don't know. I don't remember. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was like, maybe it was El Chapo or his wife or like someone got arrested and the cartel raised fucking hell for like four or five days. And the police were like, fuck it. And they just let him out of jail. <laughs> um, and come to find out that's true. So I've looked into it since you know, this afternoon when I left the barbershop and I've read a little bit more about it. Um, and it was the same dude. So it's El Chapo's son, who is uh, Ovidio, Ovidio Guzman. I think he's name. the one who was in the picture outside the White House. You know, remember that one when like... Yeah, yeah, when El Chapo 90s? took the son. Took, yeah, yeah, that could be. He was like him. in hiding and took a picture outside the White House. Yeah, exactly. Which is like the most baller fucking move ever. Well, it's no, it's also one of those things like, oh, just can't find the guy. Yeah, yeah. No, Same. you're not looking for him. Exactly. So they were looking just as hard for Whitey Bulger, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh so the son Ovidio Ovidio Guzman got arrested in 2019. And the the cartel like raised hell for like four days, and the police were like, All right, fuck this. And they just let him out of jail. And so the same same thing happened. He got arrested um, when last Thursday, and again, the cartel has um, 
It says they've sparked attacks that have resulted in 29 deaths so far. Uh, and then, so a, a day later, so like probably like whenever this came out, I don't know when, when I got this, uh, January 9th. So this is what yesterday. yesterday. So I think like yesterday, a Mexican judge decided to pause the plan, which was to send him to the United States. They were going to extradite him to the United States to face charges, right? Because the United States got El Chapo. I think. I think it was Sean Penn. I think Sean Penn was somehow involved in arre- the arrest of El Chapo, which is kind of fucking nuts if you think about it, because Sean Penn's also kind of a fucking dickhead. But anyway, um, so the whole point is he was arrested by the Mexican government and was scheduled to face extradition to the United States for, you know, pick, pick, pick your poison, right? Like he's the fucking leader of a cartel. So um they're raising hell like 30 people have already died right and they're i saw this one video there's a dude with a a 50 cal and he's shooting at planes in the sky like civilian planes like southwest like whatever mexico's southwest fucking airline is like there's some dude for the cartel literally firing firing 50 caliber bullets at a fucking commercial passenger airplane in Mexico. Like they are literally raising hell, um, trying to get them out. And I think because they have a different president now, maybe I don't think he's, uh, he's going to let them out because the last, the last regime was like, yeah, we don't want to deal with this. But I think the guy who's in power now is, uh, is kind of a hard ass. I I heard it once described as he's like the angry Mexican Trump, basically. Oh, good. Um, so I don't think he's going to let him out of jail, which means there's going to be a lot of shit that gets fucked up in Mexico. And also at this time, uh, President Biden is scheduled to visit Mexico City this week. Because there is a North American Leaders Summit. I want to call that one off, Joe. Yeah. Or if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, maybe this is how they get rid of them. (laughs) This is how they finally fucking not have to deal with them. And we get, what, effectively nine months of President Harris Bro, that ain't election ain't this year. Oh yeah, we just got into twenty twenty three. It's not twenty twenty four. Elections next year. You got almost yeah. two years of her. Yeah, uh, maybe that's not how they get rid of him then, or I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they. Who the fuck knows? I've been saying they were going to kill this guy off since before he even got in office. <laughs> yeah, COVID was going to get him. Yeah, that's that's what they were going to do. Well, I did take him in the death pool last year. Oh wait, was that two years ago? Oh, I don't know. Fuck. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Because if yeah. I took him two years ago, then he's alive forever. But if I took him last year. Yeah, um, you didn't have him in the 2022 death pool. Oh, shit. 2021. I had him in 2021 and he yeah. lived. Okay, so you he's going to live forever. You had him in 2021. Yeah, that definitely breaks the... um. 
dies the next year trend. Yeah. Yeah, well, don't worry about Mexico. He'll be fine. Yeah. So Biden's going to Mexico. The, the, the country's in fucking shambles um, because they're, they're trying to break up the Sinaloa cartel, which is just fucking insane. So, um, which actually brings me to my next point. Um, so not to not to be like the podcast that talks about other podcasts, but I listened to an episode of Joe Rogan today with Peter Zion. And I posted this on my personal, um, my personal Instagram. Um, every, every once in a while I come across like a podcast that's really fucking good and it's really interesting. And it, they cover some information that I think personally, like everyone should be aware of. Um, this was one of those podcasts. I am now I'm also trying to, to take this with a grain of salt because, or as much as I can, um, because I don't know more than what he just said on this podcast today. Um, I'm probably going to buy his book that's coming out and read it. And I'm probably going to also try and look into see what some of the criticisms are of him because so once I explain who he is and what he talks about, that'll make sense. But because some of these people, like you know, anyone that's a you know a, a climate change person, they're like, oh my god, the world's gonna fucking end in 2012 because of climate change, and then they're like, oh, it didn't, but it's gonna end in 2025, but it's not. So like, oh, it's gonna end in 2075. I like, I feel like since we've been in elementary school, they've been projecting like a complete melting of the polar ice caps. Like if we don't change, right? Like it was like by 2002, the polar ice caps will cease to exist. And then they just push it to by 2010, the polar ice caps, you know what I mean? Like they do that bullshit. So I, I do want to make sure and, and find out more about this guy, but Peter Zion, um, phenomenal fucking episode like one of the best fucking podcasts i've listened to in months so i'll give you a, a, a an overview because either way I'm, I'm not that i don't want to spoil anything there's nothing to spoil but like you should go listen to this to hear it from him and not from my dumbass that's going to try and paraphrase it and fail yeah speaking of your dumbass who are you telling me what to do yeah <laughs> so so I'll start with Mexico because he he Top, goes through topical. yeah it's what we just we were just talking about um so <clears throat> what he broke down was it's actually a really fucking bad idea and it's a bad so I have, actually let me back up even more give you his his background so he is an economist um he spent time learning about like global economics and global politics and he's done all kinds of crazy shit and, you know, he's super smart, whatever. So that's, that's like who he is. Like he's trained in economics. So he said that it's a terrible fucking idea for Mexico to try to break up the Sinaloa cartel because the way he described it is 
the Sinaloa cartel, and he did, you know, use air quotes and and say loosely, like the Sinaloa cartel is the good cartel. Meaning, obviously, it's a terrible thing what they do is they sell drugs and they do all that shit. But since El Chapo has been in power, he has looked at running his cartel like a business. So, and again, this is all what Peter Zion has described and, and said. And he goes, when the Sinaloa cartel moves into a new neighborhood, they make sure that they go out of their way to, you know, meet the police in the neighborhood. Maybe they throw a big block party for everyone. You know, they they help an old lady cross the street because they don't want to be on anybody's bad side because their business is moving drugs, right? So the least amount of people that they can piss off is good for business, right? So that's why he calls them like, again, in the quotes, they're the good cartel. So the Mexican government has been trying to break up this cartel again because of drugs and and they drugs kill people and it's 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 a problem right but the alternative is um fuck i i forget the name it's like the the hisanoa or the, the there's a there's a secondary cartel that's up and coming right now and the leader of this new cartel is an ex Mexican special forces guy. And the way he runs his cartel is when he goes into the new town, he fucking kills everybody. He kills the cops that try and go after him. He, you know, throws the old lady to the sidewalk and steals her purse. He looks at it like everyone needs to fear us. So what what Peter Zion had had described was by breaking up the Sinaloa cartel, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot. Um, not to, you know, that, <laughs> that is kind of like right on the nose using that, uh, that fucking whatever it's called idiom. Um, but you're shooting yourself in the foot because this other cartel that's been kind of like secondary to the Sinaloa is going to take over and they're going to rise to power and they're not a nice cartel, right? They're not good business people. They just want to fuck shit up. They're in the business of accumulating power, not wealth. So it's super interesting and it's fascinating. And he he breaks down like the economics of it and how because because Rogan asked him like, you know, what if we he goes in a perfect world, right? Like what if we were able to completely abolish the drug trade? What if what if one day we just woke up in America and said, you know what, all drugs are legal and we're going to regulate everything and all that shit. And Zion was like, they'll just move into something else, which they've already done. And he talked avocados. about how, yes, he talked about how they got involved in the avocado trade and they're involved in like the lime trade, like all of this crazy shit. He goes, they'll just find something else. But what he said, again, he kept reiterating it was the Sinaloa are business people. They want to make money. El Chapo at one point was the richest person in the fucking world. Like it, it was nuts. And the, again, I forget the name. It was like the, it starts with an H, but I, I don't remember it. But that, that new cartel doesn't give a fuck about money. They only want power and they're not going to stop until they fuck everything up. 
So it was a very interesting perspective, right? Because you hear like cartel, you immediately think bad, right? But if you look at it like they're inevitable, right? Like truthfully, if we're being realistic, I don't know if there's a way to completely abolish cartels, right? Like abolishing the IRS. Like I don't, I don't know if there's ever an opportunity to completely wipe out cartels in Mexico. So why not let the what like the the quote unquote good one like kind of do its thing? You know, like arrest some people here and there when shit gets out of control and and all that. But that's that's kind of like the picture he was painting there. Um Again, very, very interesting stuff there. So then he goes on to break down a bunch of other shit. Um, so the title of his book is let me um let me look it up because I don't want to I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to fuck it up. Um Christ. I can't fucking. Sick. All right. I can't find it right now. Um, all right. It's called The End of the World is Just Beginning, Mapping the Collapse of Globalization. So that's the name of his new book. Uh, so obviously he talks about, you know, why global economics is about to crumble in the course of the next two decades. So Mexico was one of the places he talked about. Another place that he talked about was Russia. And he broke down why Russia started the war with Ukraine and said that he was not surprised that the war started. And he goes, the war needed to happen right now. And again, you should go listen to this episode because he does a much better job at explaining this. But basically what he said, I'll give you the cliff notes, is when it comes to Russia, their like active population, like people like under the age of like 35, is at its highest peak since whenever. So th that's like you know, your military-aged people, right? Your military-aged men. So the way their population is trending, they're not going to have this many military aged men, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. So if they were going to start a war, this decade being like the 2020s would have to be when they started the war from like an economic perspective, right? Because that's his, those are, that's what he does. So he uses that lens to look at everything. And he also breaks down like the different parts of the border because he says Russia in and of itself has no resources, right? Like most of their stuff, they have to import from somewhere else. So obviously they they produce and export their own oil, but when it comes to like grain and food and stuff, they got it from Ukraine. They get some stuff from Poland. They get like, right? Like Russia is not like this like lavish, like fertile land, right? Like no one thinks of like Russian cuisine and Russian farms, right? Like that's not a thing. So he said it's not, it was unsustainable. And I think he also said the way things currently stand, if Russia didn't start he what he called forward facing and starting wars and trying to 
absorb other countries to use their resources, they would cease to exist by in their current form by 2070. And I was like, wow, that's that's kind of fucking crazy. So again, that's one of those things that like I would like to read more into and learn a little bit more because it sounds to me like, again, the polar ice cap thing, right? Like you're just going to be like, oh, the ice caps are going to melt by this arbitrary date. Like to say that like Russia would just fall apart by 2070, like I'm going to have to look more into that. But that's what he said. Um, and that's all I have to go off of right now. And what he what evidence he gave, again, kind of makes a little bit of sense, right? They have very little of their own resources to produce. They're not self, they're not a self-sustaining country. Um, you know, they're they have an older population. So all of these things combine. And again, he's a numbers guy, uh, economist. He was like, they would, they would fall apart by 2070. So he talked about Russia there again and, and broke down the war. And he also said if they succeed in taking Ukraine, that Poland, Finland, uh, Estonia, Latvia, and all the Belarus, like those are all next, right? Like they'll, if they, if they quote unquote win and take back the Ukraine, all of those other countries they're going to invade next over the next, you know, few decades, um, because they have to, because they need the resources. So they can't produce their own. So they have to take them from somewhere else. So he was just saying like, you know, that's a reason, it's a good enough reason to kind of root for the Ukraine, despite them also being ridiculously corrupt. Uh, he said, we we don't need Russia to start, you know, a, a multi-front war. So then he goes on to China and he breaks down why China is fucked. And I had no idea that I, like forever, we've been talking about like, We've known this. We've said it on this show. Russia's not a real threat, right? Like Russia's a joke. Their military is not that strong. Again, they have no real natural resources. Like it is, it's, they're not a real threat to us. China has always been the real threat. Well, this dude broke down like everything, starting back from like Mao all the way up to Xi Jinping and why like every policy that they've had has completely fucked their country sideways because like the whole one child thing, they now in China have more people that are older. So the, the basically the way he described it was like, there's more people in their 60s than there are in their 50s, than there are in their 40s, in their 30s, in their 20s and te teens, right? So the most of their population is in their 60s the second largest chunk of their populations in their 50s and so on and so forth. So when you play that out, we talked a little bit about this, I think in the last episode with Japan, when Japan was going to pay people to move out of Tokyo because they need young people to, to live somewhere that's not the city, China's going to go through that problem over the course of the next 30 years. Because you know if you fast forward 30 years from now, those people in their 60s, most of them are going to be dead. There'll be some people in their 90s, but most people die somewhere in their 80s. So then, you know, the 50s will be in their 80s. So all most of their population is going to be dead in 30 years. And they don't have the replacement rate currently 
to effectively replace all that. So again, he gets into the nitty gritty details. I don't really understand too much about it. Um, but he kind of goes into why China is not a real threat and why Xi kind of knows that. And he's been doing all kinds of things with their economy to try and like slow it down. And then, you know, it, it's wild. Um, and then the last thing uh, before, yeah, I don't want to give everything away, but he does talk about, um, well, actually two more things. One, super quick. He basically says that there's a few countries in the world that are in a good position to survive the economic, the global economic collapse that's going to happen over the course of the next 20 years. He said the United States, Argentina, Turkey, um, Great Britain, and I forget, I think there was one more. There, I think there was five countries that he listed that the way their economic policies are and their natural resources and everything um, might have been Mexico. Mexico and Canada might have been the other ones. I don't know, but he well, lists the world them out. is still going to need drugs, so Mexico. Well, yeah, good. that's true. Especially, well, the United States. I guess the United States is like the number one consumer of cocaine in the fucking world. Um, so, uh, but he he lists out those countries why they're and he breaks down like why they're each prime to like survive. And he does talk about the U.S. like whatever happens in the in the rest of the world. He goes. I'm not worried about the United States. He goes, we're the largest producer of energy and exporter of energy in the entire world. We're the largest producer of food and exporter of food in the entire world. So he's like, if there is a famine somewhere else in the world, we're fine. He goes, now, when I say fine, that doesn't mean that like we're not going to have issues. We'll certainly have issues, but we're not going to have a famine in this country. And he goes, you know, your favorite you know, your favorite fucking pasta dish might go missing off of a menu, but like you're, you're still going to have food to eat. So, you know, he, he goes through and he, he, he breaks all that down. But then the last thing he talks about, um, which I thought was super interesting and honestly, like common sense was he talks about green energy and why, People have been doing the wrong thing when it comes to green energy for like the last 20 years. So he was like, basically, you need to, if you're going to use alternative energy sources, you have to like use what the environment gives you. He goes, if you live in Tucson, Arizona, you should have massive amounts of solar panels. If you live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you should have a ton of wind turbines. He goes, if you live in Connecticut and you have solar panels, you're a fucking moron because you don't get enough sun in Connecticut for those solar panels to generate enough um, electricity to make any difference. And he also broke down the fact that we've talked about before that electric vehicles are a farce because he goes the 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 plant right like that electricity has to come from somewhere so you're using your electric car awesome great good for you but when you plug that that plug into your electric car to charge it that electricity more likely than not is coming from a coal-fired power plant 
somewhere in the country. So he he talks about like um, carbon neutral, right? And like being net neutral. So he's like, you're using an electric car. Yeah, you're not putting emissions into the air, but that car is not carbon neutral because the electricity that it needs to charge it is coming from a coal plant that still produces, you know, carbon dioxide and like emissions, right? Like that whole thing. So he like, he breaks all that shit down and, and goes into like nuclear power. The dude is like fucking unbelievable. Like I said, like I'm, I gotta, I gotta learn a little bit more about him and read some of his stuff. Um, and again, try and find some people that like go against him to see what they say. But this was a, it was an absolutely fucking phenomenal podcast. Like I said, like it, it's, it's one that I think everybody should listen to. Again, there you go. China, tell me what to do, who to be, how to live my life. I know. I know. But maybe, it's, maybe I don't want to listen. Yeah, well, then you don't have to. <laughs> I'm not forcing you. I'm saying you should if you don't want yeah, to. And who are you exactly? Uh, just a fucking loser. Just I'm an absolute fucking, fucking loser. loser. So, I mean, it's it's interesting stuff, right? And it, it again, it's interesting to me. Because I, I think, obviously, I think the stuff that he was saying was fucking fascinating. Some people might listen to it and be like, well, that's dumb. I don't care. Or like, oh, wow, that's like super depressing. Because he's basically talking about like a global economic collapse. Um, but I don't know. For some reason, I find all that super fucking interesting. So. Yeah. And again, like, so my immediate response is it all sounds good, but like, what the fuck are we going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Or I guess it's like, what am I going to do about it? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Me individually, like you and I sitting here, we're not, we're not going to be able to make any fucking difference for any of that shit. But this is why I try not again, because it's like, you know, talking about famine and fucking russia like collapsing like shit like that i'm like i can't do this <laughs> i can't do this i i got i have a golf game to figure out in two months <laughs> there's bigger things going on <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta fix my golf game yeah i gotta get i gotta get that swing direction going out yeah <laughs> So, I mean, if, if anyone is interested, um, I think it was uh, Joe Rogan episode 1921. Yeah. Episode 1921 uh, with Peter Zion. And Zion is Z-E-I-H-A-N. Uh, so, again, if anyone out there is interested, they want to give it a give it a whirl. I think it was uh, worth the listen. And it was one, it was a shorter one. Uh, for Rogan, it was only two hours. Um, I was a little disappointed because, like, they had to cut their their time short because he had to go catch a flight. He was like, "Ah, oh, man, I gotta go. I gotta get up. My flight leaves soon." And Rogan was like, "All right, cool. Like, no worries." But I mean, would have been nice if they scheduled a fucking better time for that interview. But who am I? You can't just get what you want. Yeah. But it, as far as Rogan podcasts go, it is a shorter one. I think it. I think it technically clocks in at like an hour and fifty four, so it's just shy of two hours. 
I mean, Dave Portnoy, I think was on the one before that. I think they went like three and a half hours, three and 45, something like that. Yeesh. Yeah. That was a cool one. I mean, it was fine. Like I said, I've, I've never, well, I can't say I've never been a bar stool guy. Cause that's not true. I was in college when it was like the sports blog. Um, but I'm not a huge Portnoy guy. Uh, but it, it was a it was an interesting podcast. I would say the first two and a half hours was really good. And the last like 45 minutes, they started talking about like boxing and MMA. Oh, good. And and because Portnoy was like, oh, I'm a boxing guy. And Rogan basically was like, No, you're not. You're a fucking moron. So um yeah so the world's gonna collapse financially thank god so get ready put your money in bitcoin (laughs) railroad bonds yeah he actually did talk about um cryptocurrency too and he he called it a uh a pyramid scheme (laughs) yes that's not going the way most people thought it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, on that note, you want to you wrap this up? Yep. So I got to pull up my article. Um, we have a satanic gathering. All right. Coming to Boston. Really? So that's fun. The Satanic Temple. Now, I'm not really sure where that is, the Satanic Temple. But SatanCon 2023 oh, good. is taking place in downtown Boston, April 28th to the 30th. Now... Good, so make sure you stay the fuck away from the city. Well, you should probably stay away from the city in general. Right. So the Satanic Temple is dedicating the largest Satanic ga- gathering in history to Democratic Mayor uh, Michelle Wu after the group wasn't allowed to deliver a Satanic invocation at Boston City Hall. Oh, so this um, is like a fuck you yeah. to the mayor. So the theme of the gathering and celebration of the Satanic Temple's 10-year anniversary is German for Witch's Night which is an ancient pagan holiday of May Eve. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Um, which was then changed to something else. I don't know, more German shit. But, so, A, obviously you got a big satanic thing going on. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah. Um, Registered guests are required to wear masks and show proof of a COVID-19 vaccination. (laughs) Oh, man. Gators, bandanas, cloth masks will not be allowed. So it is 2023. That is scheduled for April 28th to the 30th. And we're still doing the mask thing. Yeah. Why? What's the fucking point? It's almost like in uh, the Big Lebowski when he was like questioning the nihilist. Like, what kind of nihilist are you? Yeah. Like, she gave up her toe. <laughs> so, credit to the Satanists for being gigantic pussies. 
Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that's that's their rule. Yeah, it is. There's it's no mandates. The, there's no mandate in the city of Boston anymore. Nope. Although UMass Boston just uh, mandated mass again inside. That's fun. I mean, not that I have any ties to UMass Boston. Yeah, I but... won't. I've actually only driven by it once in my life. <laughs> so I'm good. Yeah. yeah. All but, good. Yeah, that's uh that's an interesting Yeah, that uh, was a little uh that was a nice little wrinkle, right? Because you probably thought I was just like, oh look, oh, Satanist thing. Yeah, nope. yeah. And they're gonna fucking put in COVID protocols. Like what a fucking joke. Wow. Well, the you think Satan- the Satanists are big on vaccinations? I don't know. Maybe like, we know we know like um because you know like super Christian people are anti-vax. Right, because that's the whole thing. Like, use of religious exemption for that. So, does that mean Satanists are like quadruple vaxxed? I don't know. Because, like, we know heroin addicts are like some of the most well-read and most likely to recycle. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Are the Satanists like sneaky, like pro-vax? They might be. That would be that would be an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, it would. It would. I would find that surprising. I would too. But at Should the same time, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't in Boston, I would at least drive by it just to see like the fucking crowd of people. Spencer, you should go. Yeah. I don't think Gene will film film for him. Yeah, but. Gene Gene's definitely not going to go to that one. But uh, but yeah, Spencer, you should definitely go and try and pluck someone to fucking interview. You should do like uh, fuck was it was it Toucher and Rich used to do that right with Adolfo the drunken Red Sox recap. Oh yeah, he would just walk the streets after a Red Sox game and just talk to people and record it for the next morning show. Like Spencer should just do that. Just go walk the streets and just record like a quick little interview with people just to see like what their fucking story is. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. Well, there you go, Spencer. We just fucking teed it up for you. Yeah. Make it happen, fucking Spencer. Yeah. Uh so let's see. That was a that's a that was a that was a M. Night Shyamalan twist of a final thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I want to use with my final thought is, oh, so I just watched that movie um, Bullet Train the other day. Excuse me? Yeah, it's got um, Brad Pitt. Have you seen the previews for it? No. It's this train. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the whole movie takes place on a, on a bullet train in like fucking Japan. Is that a name for something? Like is a type, is that like a slang for a type of train? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't Uh, know that. That is like a type of train. No fucking uncultured swine. Yeah. So like a bullet train. Well, cause you say bullet train and I think ghost train from Rick and Morty. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they like, a, a bullet train is a real thing. It's like a, it's a super fast train. So it go, it probably goes like 200 miles an hour. 
something like that. Oh, I like um, that. It's a it's a big thing in Japan. They're trying to bring them over to the United States. Um, I think they're trying to create a bullet train system for um, California, so you can get from like you can take a train from San Francisco to L.A. and like fucking two and a half hours or some shit like that, three hours. Yeah, know. instead of California, how about they put it somewhere good? Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yes, that's a bullet train. <laughs> it's also the name of the movie. And it was uh, surprisingly pretty good. I was super skeptical going in, being like, all right, so the entire movie takes place in a bullet train. And when you watch it on, I think it's on Netflix, it um, it's it says it's a comedy. And I'm like, okay, like... It's about a train. It's listed as a comedy. It's got Brad Pitt. Like all of these things are adding up to be a shitty movie. And I, I like I said, I went in with super low expectations, but I actually really liked it. Like I thought it was it was pretty well done. Um, there were some elements of comedy. Like it wasn't a straight up like comedy, which is interesting because that is that like now what a comedy is like it's not you know like the 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 knocked up stepbrothers like you know 40 year old version comedies days are like dead so like now like a comedy is just a movie that like is kind of funny at times like thor ragnarok right like yeah it's thor rag it's that's basically what it was um along that along those lines like is that a comedy today in 2023 i Apparently it is. Um, so it's pretty good. Um, the fucking, ah, I forget that guy's name. Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's, he's in it. Um, I think that's his Jonathan name. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the guy who played Pietro in oh, yeah. Ultron. Um, he was in it. It was pretty good. It was, I I enjoyed it. I would probably watch it again. Michael Shannon was in it. Um, Zod, General Zod from Superman. Um, Sandra Bullock is in it. But it's pretty good. Like, I don't want to give too much away because it How literally long? just came out. How long? Uh, 126 minutes. And it's on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, I would I would give it a whirl. I think it says it's released by Sony. I'm pretty sure I watched it on Netflix. Um so yeah, it was pretty good. So I would check it out. I don't want to give too much away, but the whole thing happens on a train. It's got Brad Pitt, it's relatively funny. It's also like slightly a mystery with like a little bit of a twist in it too. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I would, pr- I would probably watch it again. It's one of those, like if it were ever to go on TV, I'd watch it. Like if I was flipping through channels and it was on, I'd be like, oh, I'd watch this movie. So pretty good. Check it out. So again, apparently here I am again, you know, telling people what to do. Yeah. The yeah. fuck. 
I got to get off my high horse here. Please do. <laughs> well, allow me to, because that's that's going to do it for us. Uh, so we're done. I'm done telling you what to do. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not done. I lied. I lied right to your face. Uh, because what I need you to do now is subscribe to the show. So if you're on YouTube, you got to subscribe, hit the button in the top corner. Uh, wherever you're at, you want to like the show, rate it, give it five stars, leave us a review if you can, uh, if you're an audio only guy. Um, you know, tell everybody you know about the show, right? So now I think I'm done telling you what to do. Uh, but I'll suggest if you are interested to follow us on social media, you could find us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks or a Facebook page, which is just sarcasm speaks. Uh, you can also find our website, sarcasmspeaks.com. Go to the merch store, buy some merch. You can get whatever the fuck you want with our logo on it. Uh, you could also, if you were so inclined, not telling you what to do, merely suggesting. If you were interested in placing any sort of uh, legal wagers, right? Albeit offshore, it's still legal, right? It's not illegal. Yeah, it's not illegal. Um you can use the website mybookie.com and use the promo code sarcasmpod when you sign up to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. You could also, if you like grilling and you like cooking, uh, you could go to grillyourassoff.com and use that same promo code sarcasmpod to get 15% off your entire order every single time you check out. So again, just some suggestions, not telling you what to do. Done that enough today. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. So until next time, good night, everybody.